Hello and welcome to the PSA pod. I'm Anthony Berticelli, VP of Operations at PSA, and I'm stepping in for Candace while she's out on maternity leave. We have an interesting episode for the pod today. We're talking with Chuck Wilson, Executive Director of the National Systems Contractors Association, also known as NSCA. NSCA is the leading not-for-profit association representing the commercial electronic systems industry. At the helm of NSCA, much of Wilson's time is spent assisting contractors with the challenges of today's business environment. Chuck joined the NSCA staff as an executive director in 1996. Prior to joining NSCA, he was a partner at Communications Engineering Company, a successful low-voltage electronics contracting company. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast, and if you have any ideas on topics or guests, please send them to marketing at psasecurity.com. So, hey, Chuck, thanks so much for joining us today and sitting down to chat a little bit. How are things going for you? Uh, Things are going good. We're in a very busy and crazy time. We've been spending a lot of time with our members on business continuity things and, you know, just trying to navigate all the, the craziness surrounding what 2020 has become, I guess. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. And I know you joined NSCA as executive director over 20 years ago. Can you tell us a little bit about um, the challenges that you see specifically front and center today in the industry, um, in the economic environment right now, and maybe how they've shifted over the past uh, you know few years since you've been at the helm of NSCA? Well, you know, I can tell you this is I, I used to run a you know pretty large system integration company, and when I did that. 20 years ago, it was easy then compared to what it is now. I mean, it, it wasn't without uh, challenges, but they, they're nothing like they are today with, you know, workforce issues and certainly with the COVID crisis that's going on now and competitive pressure and exposure to pricing on the internet. I mean, there's just so many things that that make it more challenging. So I think I think right now what what we're seeing is that uh, finding revenue, you know, finding growth, sustainable growth, you know, looking at things that will enable the company to stay relevant, to adapt to change, to work with their clients and the changes with their work for, workflows and workforces and looking at, you know, how they, you know, want the outcomes from the technology to be rather than just working on the hardware. It used to be where we just focus on the equipment and that was pretty much an enough. And today, it's so much. So much has changed from, you know, recurring revenue, creating different business models and things. But we've been we've been helping members right now that are really struggling with finding predictable revenue and then matching their expenses to that. Uh, helping a lot on the continuity side with the uh, PPP, trying to get their PPP funding forgiven, if you will and then new sources of liquidity, and then just working with this whole concept of how to keep your employees safe, work from home, and then, you know, bringing them back into the workforce and stuff. So it's, it's been taking up a tremendous amount of our time, but it, it's been very enlightening to see the, how things have changed over the years in that regard. Interesting. And one thing I noticed that you mentioned there that uh, has been a hot topic um, is sustainable growth as it ties to recurring revenue. Um, you know, one thing that I think everyone knows NSCA for is the BLC, the Business Leadership Conference. Uh, but NSCA is also in its fourth year of a, a fantastic event called Pivot to Profit, uh, which is coming up at the end of September, actually. Can you tell us a little bit about what P2P is and, and what its focuses are and, and why it should be important to the people who are listening to this podcast? 
Yeah, well, good uh, good insert there because it's about the things I was just talking about. So we, we're, we're talking really about, we start with Michael Staver, who's coming back from BLC to talk about, you know, really the, the leadership. Uh, a lot of what we're finding, a lot of system integrators on the AV and security side, they, this is the first real crisis they've had to lead their people through and lead their company through. And there's a lot of, a lot of people searching for simple answers when there aren't any, you know, so we're, we're helping kicking off the session with that, uh, just trying to understand about authenticity and transparency and communications and being a strong leader yet empathetic to those that are struggling with you know, children at home and getting back to school or not, you know, kind of thing. So we wanted to frame it with that. But really the, the context of this particular session is about emerging technologies and especially those emerging technologies that enable you to create that recurring revenue stream for your company, which what we did find out through this last six months is the companies who had a higher percentage of, of their revenue was recurring are in a far better place right now than those that just lived project to project or job to job. And I think, I think it is a strong message going forward. And what P2P is all about is to try to figure out, you know, through looking at managed services and all the things that are surrounding that is why that is so important to have that services type mindset as a solid business unit within your organization. So that's why we put on that event. And that's, you know, thanks to you guys for sponsoring and being partners in that event. So it's, uh, it's something that the whole industry has kind of rallied around. Interesting. Yeah, it is a fantastic event. It's something we really enjoy going to. And, and you know, it's kind of at the forefront of, of um, those emerging technologies and talking about not only what's out there now, but, but what's coming. And as we look at things like emerging technologies and as new technologies continue to emerge, um, there's always a push for regulation around those technologies and things that happen. Um, and I know this is kind of something that you focus on is right in your wheelhouse. So can you help the audience understand the types of um, proposed laws and regulations that might impact their business currently and as they start to look at new emerging technologies? Yeah, and I think, you know, there's some that are good and some that that we kind of disagree with, I guess. But um, monitoring them is the big thing. Just knowing what's what's in front of you and knowing how they can impact your business is the important thing. So what we what we follow primarily, Anthony, is licensure. You know, making sure our members are properly licensed in the states and the municipalities where they choose to do work. So we we're constantly looking at what changes there are and what things that we have to do to, to carry that license, both on a company or individual basis. That's a, that's a biggie. And then any regulatory things, anything that would um, have code related um, issues where we're having to comply with certain uh, state, local, federal law, and that requires us to pull a permit and to, you know, even look at ordinances within a municipality where, like right now, you know, in the city of Houston, they have different rules than the rest of the state does. We're helping our members that do work there with, with certain things. Uh, another thing that's huge for us is things that involve um, any kind of labor law issues. Like right now, um, a huge thing for us all to be watching is California Assembly Bill 5, which is really that that Uber Lyft kind of thing as who's employees and who can be contract 1099 people and the definitions that the, the um, 
government would be looking at to define what is an employee versus someone that's an outsourced uh, contractor. So we always tell people to pay attention to that. And a lot of things that happen in certain states, they tend to flow through the rest of the United States. The other, the other big one, and you can see this all over our, our regulatory map right now, is changes to prevailing wage um, you know, jurisdiction, if you will. So a lot of states are looking at the project site, which used to define, just that job site used to define where we'd have to pay prevailing wage and comply with the Davis-Bacon Act. And now they're talking about anything that even delivery to and from the job site, um, things that we're doing to do staging or preparatory work to get ready for the project where we're building racks or doing uh, work in our own offices would tie into the prevailing wage requirements of that job site. So we're, we're just, you know, constantly uh, monitoring that and sending out to the integrators uh, changes that could happen so that they're prepared for it at least and making sure that like on prevailing wage, you want to make sure that you put your price on that project knowing whether it is going to be prevailing wage or not. It has a huge swing in some instances with that. So we're just constantly doing that. But, you know, really licensure and regulatory environment is, a, is what we're watching and it's a pretty big deal. So aside from the prevailing wage stuff, um, you mentioned California, you mentioned Houston. Um, I know I've, I've sat on some calls with you over the, the past few months specifically around uh, targeting low voltage licensing when it comes to installing power over ethernet and different things that are tied to category cables. Are there any other consistent themes that you're seeing across the nation um, that, that integrators should be aware of or, or, you know, that are impacting them right now that they may not know of? Well, I think, I think that's the biggie. What, what happened is when, when we had our original POE power over ethernet um, voltage and wattage levels were set you know, it wasn't a very threatening thing to the electrical community. You know, the, the electrical community believes that power is power and lighting is lighting. And it, it doesn't matter where that source of energy comes from. That's in our scope of work, right? Well, now that we have so many enabling things that we can do with POE, you know, sending uh, power along with the data circuits, you know, give us the opportunity to, you know, to power up remote surveillance cameras, um, access control devices, video conferencing. We have all of these endpoints now that operate on the higher levels of voltage and wattage that we can do over PoE. And that, that kind of hit the threshold of where um, the electrical community said enough is enough. And so what was it like 23 states and in, in the year 2019 we had 23 states where we had to go in and defend our current uh, low voltage licenses or the exemptions to having to have an electrical license to where we were successful but we had to prove that beyond a shadow of a doubt that class two and class three wiring which is in our domain was far and away a safe way to you know to get that power out to those those edge devices and now you know, with those edge devices becoming so prevalent, if you look at IoT and all the proliferation of all these endpoints, I mean, it's just growing and growing and growing. So to our industry, we see that as a huge opportunity. To others, we see it as a big threat. So that's one thing on the, on the uh, regulatory environment. The other thing we got to watch is on the opportunity side, uh, things like in the school safety realm that, that we're very active with, um, things like Alyssa's Law, 
requires us now in Florida, New York, uh, I think there's another like New Jersey, and then there's 11 states that are talking about adopting Alyssa's law yet this year. And what that means is that every school has to have a panic alarm of some sort that ties into um, first responders or emergency responders to be able to uh, send trucks rolling to the school, basically. So we have that as a law, and a lot of our members don't even know that that's there, which is a huge opportunity. There's like 4,600 schools in Florida that have yet to build out their systems to that um, requirement of Alyssa's law by the time school starts. And it, so, so we have regulatory things that are actually good and ones that we have supported and endorsed as well. So there, there's just a whole lot here to unpack and to understand about the regulatory environment that a lot of us, because we're so busy, we, we often don't think about those kind of things. You know, that's a, a really interesting segue, Chuck. You mentioned Alyssa's Law and how that impacts, um, you know, schools in general or the integrators particularly that, that work in schools and how, you know, that's something that's happening in Florida. But in general, um, across the nation, do you see um, or do you feel that there's a lack of awareness in our industry when it comes to propo proposed legislation that could be impacting their companies? Um, and if so, you know, beyond the obvious, why do you think that can be, um, you know, risky for business leaders if they're unaware of things that may be coming down the line? Yeah, ab absolutely. And um, I can give you some examples, you know, like, like Maryland right now. So just, I think we have three meetings coming up starting, you know, right away, basically, that we are now on a committee to help the state of Maryland understand, you know, better about the future of technology and how we connect to devices and what kind of uh, credentials should be required of people. Um, what type of license should be used and all that. So we actually have a voice. We have a seat at the table and actually a lot of seats at that table in Maryland to do that. The other thing that's really, I, I don't know if it's, if it's good or bad or, or whatever, but apprenticeship is starting to creep back into the, the conversation again now. So like in Utah, um, you know, they, they set aside a, a bill last year that was, um, would have required us all the, you know, in the low voltage space to be uh, electrical contractors. But now we see, um, I think it's Utah Assembly Bill 85 or 65 or something like that, or House Bill 65. But we see that bill saying that to work on a public works project in the county of Salt Lake County, you have to be a licensed electrical contractor or have your technicians and a low voltage integration firm go through an approved apprenticeship program, which is like stepping back and having them restart their training. Even people with 10, 20 years experience have to step back, start their training as if they were an apprentice electrician. And so we're trying to figure out how to resolve those kind of issues in places all over the United States. So I, I equate it to that old kids game, that whack-a-mole game. As soon as we get one thing figured out over here, another one pops up over here. And we're constantly doing that. And I, I think about cybersecurity mostly. So I'm thinking about, all right, what's going to happen if our industry, you know, PSA members, NSCA members, uh, members in our, our collective industries, what's going to happen if there's all of a sudden a cybersecurity requirement or certification that we have to comply to to be able to connect any devices that connect to 
an enterprise network or attached to the cloud or anything that would be web enabled. So a lot of, as more of our technology is moving to the cloud, moving to the network, what's gonna happen if lawmakers and, and insurance companies, where I think is gonna come from, those that write the cyber policies, what's gonna happen if they tell us about what kind of requirements and skill sets we have to have as opposed to how about our industry come forward to them to say, here's what we think. So we're trying to get out ahead of that to create that type of experience or, or knowledge-based um, certificates or training programs that we would put forward. But I see it coming. You know, I just see that we, if, if we don't get on top of this, we're going to get blindsided and be told by legislators, by politicians, basically, here's the type of skills that we have to have in certifications. And that's, that's just completely crazy to me. But um, we, we're going to work hard to, to make sure that doesn't happen. Great. It's always good to know that, that folks like you and, and companies like NSCA are on our side. So if people want to join you in that, and there are, there are folks in our audience who want to be more aware or more involved with proposed regulations um, that may impact their business, um, you know, or if they want to play a role in helping, you know, you guys in battling, you know, with these, um, what steps do you recommend for those folks or those companies to get involved in the process? Well, the first thing to do, um, the easiest thing to do is we opened up our website for anybody to look at now. So that you don't have to have a password or anything, but go to nsca.org and then click on that advocacy tab and then go to track legislation and then a big map, uh, federal and state by state map will pop up. And in that you'll see the hundreds of bills that we're following and monitoring and reporting on. And so what happens is when we see something particularly important or disturbing or exciting, you know, it could be good, it could be bad. But um, like, like in the state of Louisiana, they now have proposed uh, or a bill that's out there that talks about um, if we want to be a system integrator and we want to be working on a network that attaches to the internet is we have to have this type of certification or training or, or certificate for cyber is look at those kind of bills in your state or where you work in states that you work in and make sure that you're in compliance with the licensure requirements that are in there. And then anything that appears um, concerning is to reach out to your lawmakers. And in that tool, in that online tool that we provide, you'll be able to see who your lawmakers are in your state, your congressmen, your representatives, both on a state, federal level. You can you know, actually write them a letter using this tool. You can reach out to them. Um, and then the other thing to do is is to be mindful of the emails that we send. So whenever there's a, um, a bill that concerns us or one where we have to have people come in, like we had to have people go to Annapolis, Maryland recently, we had to have people go to these state houses to represent the association and the industry's interests, is get involved from a grassroots level in that regard, is to watch those emails when you see that action alert, you know, make sure that you're you're proactive in doing that. And to think about while you might, that might be a schedule conflict for you to go and represent your industry at this hearing. It could mean that if you don't do that, you know, we've seen companies that would be out of business, you know, down in Texas, Oklahoma last year, there was companies, our member companies collectively would be out of business had we not fought that legislation and, and you know, got them to 
to look at alternative uh, language in that legislation that would keep our businesses going as we know them today. So, so I think it's just crucial to be aware, um, pay attention, be responsive to those emails. Don't, don't just, you know, set it aside thinking you're going to get to it later because the hearing would, you know, we get such short notice on those things. So I think, I think just going to the website is a good starting point and to, to be active and to, to know that this is a grassroots effort. Awesome. Thanks, Chuck. And obviously you guys can find that website at nsca.org, O-R-G. Um, Chuck, can you also tell our listeners how they can find you, um, you know, outside of uh, hitting that, that website? Um, you know, people can call me or email me. My email is just cwilson at nsca.org. And that's really the easiest way to get a hold of me or to, to go through nsca.org and to go to our site and look at all the different things that we do and the legislation we're tracking and, you know, um, go to Pivot to Profit. We're actually on the second day, the opening day, or no, the second day of Pivot to Profit, we're doing a session specific to these regulations and, and um, you know, kind of the overall view of our government affairs activity and stuff. So that would be a good session to get into and and then certainly, you know, with you guys in October as well. Awesome. Well, thanks, Chuck. I really appreciate it. Again, you guys can get a hold of Chuck through email on nsca.org, or you can check him out and hear him speak again at Pivot to Profit at the end of September or at ADAPT 2020 here with PSA uh, the first week of October. So Chuck, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today on the PSA pod. We really appreciate it. Uh, And on behalf of all of our listeners and uh, everyone in the industry, we really appreciate the efforts that you and your team put forward to Uh, helping our companies be more successful day to day uh, in the markets that they serve. So thank you for what you do. And thank you for uh, taking your time out today to chat with us. It's been my pleasure. And I I, likewise, you know, we're so appreciative of our relationship with you, Anthony, and all the team at PSA and USAV. You guys are just fabulous partners.